I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe, also the publisher of HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, it is, what the hell is today's date? July uh, 8th. <laughs> it's July 8th. Uh, days and dates don't mean as much this year as they have in the past and hopefully will in the future. It's about 2.15 p.m. Central Time here in Iowa City. Um, appreciate you guys asking questions and tuning into the podcast. Um, not a ton of questions this week, but some good questions. Uh, I took last week off. I'm finding now without live sports, it's, there are fewer questions and a lot of the questions become repetitive, uh, because we're kind of caught in this cycle here of the Iowa football uh, investigation and also um, what could happen with the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on the college sports seasons this fall and, and perhaps into the winter and spring. So uh, those, are se- those are the most popular topics right now without any live sports. And um, the Iowa football program is due back uh, next Monday. July the 13th, I guess it wouldn't be next or this coming, however you want to uh, frame it, but July 13th, they'll begin the next phase. And these are, these are, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, mandatory workouts, whereas uh, in June they were voluntary. Um, so they'll go in phases from July 13th um, to July 24th, I believe, and then camp opening on August 7th. July 24th, they go from eight hours a week uh, interaction with coaches to 20 hours a week. So between the 13th and the 24th, it's eight hours. I think it's film study, more tra- more you know strength and conditioning, um, things like that. More and then um, a little bit more physical and, and on-field stuff on the 24th moving forward, and that will be 20 hours a week and then uh, kicking into training camp on August 7th. At least that's the plan in place as we sit here on July the 8th. We'll see what happens. Um, Obviously, if you're paying attention, a lot of uh, maneuvering, cancellations, uh, things like that happening around the country in different different uh in the sports realm in different areas of the country i saw the baltimore ravens today said they would uh probably cap their tickets at fourteen thousand if they even have fans in the games this year and that's an nfl team and that's about 20 percent. so keep that in mind when you're thinking about tailgating and being in the stands at kinnick this fall should there be football so just throwing that out there be prepared to be disappointed uh and then if you're not you know, all the better. If this thing uh, clears itself up or, or um, works itself out where it's safe uh, to play, and, and uh, I think we would all welcome that. 
Let's jump into questions here before I say something to get myself into more trouble. Um, let's start on the Facebook page because I think I only have one question from there. And this is from Justin W.C. Borman. Are there any in-state running backs that the Hawks could take a look at? And then he has Willie Shaw, who's a running back from Chicago, and then Julius Bolden, who is a running back, excuse me, from Wichita, Kansas, uh, as guys, as possibilities at that running back position in the 2021 class. Uh, Iowa missed on its top target, Ricky Parks from Tampa Jesuit. Uh, and he's transferred to uh, the other Tampa school that Oladokun goes to. But um, regardless, he committed to Utah. He chose Utah um, ahead of Iowa recently. So Iowa is looking, as far as I know and far as I can tell, Iowa does not have a scholarship offer out to an uncommitted running back in the 2000. And 21 class. So that is certainly a good question by Justin and something on which to keep an eye. I think Bolden is certainly a, uh, a possibility. He's got FCS offers now. Like his film, think there's a chance there. Willie Shaw, I contacted shoot, it has to have been within the last month, month and a half. And he said he hadn't heard from Iowa in quite some time. Maybe the Parks commitment to Utah changes that. Uh, Willie Shaw is still uncommitted. Um, I don't believe the Iowa offer was a committable one by uh, once the time moved on. At one point, he did have an Iowa offer. So, yeah, running back is certainly a position to keep an eye on. You certainly want to get, like, quarterback, you want to get at least one running back in the class. Iowa is um, well-stocked at that position with younger guys and older guys, uh, but you certainly want to take a shot at somebody in this class. As far as in-state, um, the only guy I can really think of is um, – why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, Jaden Williams from, uh, West Des Moines Valley. Um, saw him last year. He had, he had a nice season. He's a guy that, uh, is verbally committed to Kansas state. Not sure what Iowa's interest level is there, but I think from a ranking standpoint, at least, uh, he is the top running back in the state right now. Um, so somebody to keep an eye on there. I, again, I don't know what, if there's mutual interest there or not, uh, but that's kind of where I would expect that, um, Justin, that we're going to see a little bit more movement here with running back offers going out. Again, this dead period runs through the end of August, so can't have any guys on campus, can't go to, to see them face-to-face. -face. It's all film and virtual at this point. Who knows what we're going to see for a high school football season in terms of Iowa's able to evaluate guys, which high schools will be playing and what parts of the country and what type of film they can get on that. Um, but as far as what they're doing right now, it's all film work and virtual uh, meetings with these guys. So I would, I'd kind of sit tight and kind of see how things play out here in the next couple of weeks in terms of maybe Iowa um, handing out some offers at that position, but uh, I certainly think uh, they will get somebody in the class at that position, and we'll just kind of have to wait and see how the evaluation goes here moving forward. And thank you for that question, Justin, and that will do it for Facebook this week. You guys are making my job easier. Um, the haters will say that's because nobody cares and nobody wants to help me and I should be out of a job. Um, and I love all you guys for paying attention to me. <laughs> okay you uh, well let's go to the hawkeye nation message boards i think most of the questions were on twitter today so i'll i'll hit that last um let's see here ui hawk 82 on the football message board on hawkeye what is the current status of team health especially for coronavirus as new cases people coming out of quarantine etc uh, what is the frequency of COVID testing for players and how quick are the results known? How will COVID testing that is established help with practice, game days, or team travel? I'm not sure if they are practicing, but are there any, are there some players who are showing big gains from last year? Um, really haven't, uh, I'll take your last 
uh, question first, UI Hawk. Uh, there was no spring practice. There was only, uh, you know, winter and early spring conditioning. And then they just was conditioning in June, no spring football. So there really hasn't been a chance for anybody to show anything in terms of being on the football. As I said at the top of the podcast, there's going to be at least there's a plan to move that forward here starting next Monday, June, July the 13th. Then 24th, they'll go into the next phase. And then August 7th, they'll go into the next phase. So we'll get more of an idea there um, what, uh, you know, what guys maybe are making some advancements. It'll be interesting to see because the, the coaches haven't had access to these players since bowl prep back in December. So you're going to talk by the time they get back to them, you're talking about, you know, eight months, almost eight months of, uh, you know, not being able to work with them from a football standpoint. So we'll be interesting to see what guys have been able to do on their own and how that translates into putting themselves in position for playing time moving forward here. But uh, in terms of your COVID question, questions, what we get and what we hand out to you guys and what we pass along to you guys for, from the University of Iowa press releases, we get really no specifics. Every, every Monday we get reports on the number of tests uh, that are given and then the number of positive and negative tests, the overall number of tests, but we don't have an idea if those are players, coaches, administrators, support staff, anybody who is, you know, trainers, doctors, whoever is involved with the athletic department right now. And, and not a lot, not everybody is back in the buildings. Um, and a lot of the stuff, even for the people that are back on campus, uh, a lot of those meetings and interactions are done virtually to try to limit the amount of exposure. Um, but I know the football team was the bulk of those, those tests where we saw, I think it was one week where we saw nine positives. I think the football team has been, been the, the bulk of positive tests. Uh, and that's just what I've heard. I don't have any confirmation of that. The university's not confirming that, uh, but they have their protocols over there to uh, contact trace and quarantine when they find a positive test. And that's really the only, only information we get uh, in terms of COVID testing at the university of Iowa. Uh, we will get as, as I also mentioned earlier, that uh, voluntary football, uh, strength and conditioning session in June ran from the seventh, I believe, or eighth when they get back when they got back on campus. And we know the first two days of that were spent in meetings discussing um, changes that needed to be made uh, within the culture of the program. Uh, but that's finished up, you know, according in accordance with NCAA guidelines. Excuse me, on the twenty fifth. Now I don't know that if that meant everybody on the 25th went home, I would certainly doubt that because there were, you know, probably 15 to 20 guys that never left uh, even during the pandemic. So my guess is they're still, even though it's not, you know, the, those voluntary, that voluntary workout period for the NCAA, they can still work out, the, the facilities aren't closed. They can still work out voluntarily. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure they're, they're following all the guidelines and uh, safety protocols for that. But in terms of testing specifics, I just don't have any answers for you. I apologize, but thank you for the questions. Uh, Mikey likes Iowa. What's the status of Akram Wadley's podcast? Good question, Mikey, because I've been asked this and for people do not, that do not have the background on this. I believe it was Sunday afternoon, July the 5th, Akram tweeted out that he was ready to talk and, and do interviews. Excuse me, I reached out to him, set up an interview for Tuesday, which would have been yesterday, uh, July the 7th, uh, about an hour or so after agreeing to do that interview and then agreeing also on Twitter uh, to take any questions that the fans have for him. And we stack those in the thread announcing that he was going to do this podcast. Uh, well, not the HN mailbag podcast, but in a way the HN mailbag podcast because fans were asking questions. So, um, you know, the questions were coming fast and furious. And then about an hour or so into that, I got a message from Akram saying, um, 
he would rather not do the podcast now his reasoning and you can see this on my twitter was that he did not want to take away uh from other players this week telling their stories he wanted it to be uh, he wants to be part of the group, and I'm not. Sh- and I imagine that's not only the part of the group of all these Hawkeyes, whatever it is, up to now 60 or so players telling their stories, but also the part of the group uh, that is being advised by Robert T. Green um, as the advisor, not a lawyer. Uh, that group that's been telling stories from you know Akram Wadley to Malik Rucker to Jonathan Parker and Maurice Fleming. Reggie Spearman, that whole group. Um, I had asked him, you know, since he said he wanted to do interviews as a group instead of doing them individually, I said, you know, I suggested that we could set up a Zoom, kind of a Zoom press conference with me and all of those guys and then still be able to ask your questions as fans and then maybe take on questions from fans and then myself uh, as a moderator and somebody who can follow up questions and and kind of uh, you know steer the interviews, maybe take some questions for some of the other guys too, uh, you know for Reggie Spearman and Maurice Fleming and and those guys. But whether or not that happens and when that happens, I do not know. I kind of left the ball in their court. Uh, I think they're going to want the stories from all the players, at least the ones in their group, told. Uh, before doing anything publicly in terms of interviews. At least that's where I left it with Akram on Sunday. Um, You know, I was told that if they do decide to do the interview, that I would be the one that gets it. Don't know if that's the case. Don't know when that would be. But that's kind of where things stand right now. Uh, Second question from Mikey Likes Iowa on the Hawkeye Nation message board. Any idea who some of the other players he said are planning to tell their stories this week? We saw Marcel Jolly on Monday, July the 6th, come out with his story. I don't believe there have been any today, but I've been busy actually working on football content, which has been nice. Um, uh, so, and, and I, there, weren't, there, there was not a story yesterday on Tuesday, July the 7th. I haven't seen anything today, Wednesday, July the 8th. Uh, from that group or anywhere else yet. But I, I, I have not been on social media a ton today or um, been looking for that stuff, but we'll do that later today and tonight just to kind of do an overview to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, so I do not know who the other players might be. If you go to that page, the Robert T. Green Facebook page, you might be able to decipher on there uh, some other guys that are involved and maybe following him and, and get an idea who may tell stories there. Um, but I do not have any names for you. I apologize. Uh, you don't need to tell us who, but did AY give you any names off the record? Again, I think that was a follow-up on your previous question, and I do not have any names. Are any football practices open to the media? Um, as a rule, no. We get into, uh, I'm trying to think, just going from the um, uh, the calendar year. Uh, starting, we'll start with January. We don't get anything until the spring and we are allowed in, I believe once, maybe twice, maybe for practice, uh, definitely at least once for the spring game, scrimmage, practice, open practice, uh, whatever, uh, the case may be in a given year, we get into that. And then we get in for kids day in August and that's pretty much it two to three times. And then, uh, Sometimes we get a little bit of peek in at during the bowl season, um, you know, sometimes more extended than others, sometimes just a sneak peek. But the uh, the amount of access we get to Iowa football practice is extremely limited. Um, but it was that way when Hayden was here, too. Uh, it's been that way at Iowa for a while and is really more uh, the rule and the exception pretty much on a national basis. Uh, when it comes to the power five level schools, not a lot of access allowed. Uh, and a lot of it's dependent, I believe, on uh, the market and how much the school needs that exposure. Uh, Iowa is kind of a self-contained, uh, you know, uh, only game in town, so to speak. So letting the media in is not something that I think would benefit them, uh, which is a, one of the reasons why they don't do it. 
Uh, let's see here. And then Mikey likes Iowa's last question. Any update on Iowa's private investigation? Is there any timeline they've mentioned? The only time we timeline we received, Mikey, was the original timeline, which was given uh, during a June 15th press conference with athletic director Gary Barta, who said now and has been repeated constantly as we wait for this report to come back the, of uh, the investigation from Hush Blackwell, the law firm hired by Iowa, uh, law firm in Kansas City to do this external investigation of the football program. Gary Bartis said on June 15th that it would be weeks, not months. Well, um, we're coming up on a month um, since they started the investigation. So we're still in weeks and we haven't hit two months yet. I think, I guess that would be technically months. Um, I would not expect anything this week, possibly next week, but one of the, uh, one of the hurdles to clear here, excuse me, I shouldn't have eaten those pickles for lunch. Uh, sorry. People probably didn't need to hear that. Um, there are more stories come at, coming out as we've talked about. So as more stories come out, you know, Adrian Claiborne over the weekend, uh, LeBron Daniel, Marshall Jolly that we talked about, uh, there are more potential players to interview. And as we said mon on Monday's podcast, the, the HN podcast that I do with Andrew Downs on uh, mostly on Mondays, or this week it was Tuesday, yesterday the 7th, um, you know, you, wanna, you want this investigation to be as thorough as possible. I know people want it to be over so they can turn the page and move forward and, and get some closure here. Uh, but um, the most important thing is to interview as many players telling their stories that want to be interviewed because you do not want to leave stones unturned here, have a report come back and then have a player say, hey, or player or players say, hey, nobody talked to us. Nobody wanted to hear our story uh, that you have to be careful that you're going to do a thorough report and close the door as much as possible. You can't do anything about stories that come out after you file the report if you're Hush Blackwell, but you do not want to leave particular players that are, especially ones that are giving specific stories and, and, and levying specific allegations about current members of the Iowa coaching staff. That needs to be looked into, in my opinion. Otherwise, you're just opening yourself up for criticism and you're already people are already looking at you saying all right how and I think I may have this question in the Twitter question so I'll, I'll maybe leave it to that before but you've got uh, a law firm that Iowa hired that's being paid for Iowa so that's already going to raise an eyebrow if you don't investigate and talk to and interview as many players as possible, particularly, as I said, the ones with specific allegations, I, I don't, that is not a good look in my book. Thank you for the question, Mikey Likes Iowa. So that'll do it on the Hawkeye Nation football message board. Let's switch over to basketball. Hawkeye gone, has gone wild. What do you, th what do you think Iowa will get in 2021? Seems to be, quiet with the virus going it could hurt this year yeah I, I mean I don't think any recruiting is being helped by this dead period created by the pandemic and certainly uh, for Iowa basketball as well as football not having AAU to go out to uh, high school tournaments in June and being able to evaluate there's been a limited amount of evaluation via uh, these some some small um, competitions that the basketball teams are having um you know virtually where coaches can watch but not the same thing um i had another question on this uh on twitter as well hawkeye gone hawkeye's gone wild let me find that so i can, can combine your two questions uh on hawkeye basketball and it's justin meyer on twitter and I'll go to Twitter next anyway, because this is my last Hawkeye Nation message board question by Hawks Gone Wild. Justin Meyer at Justin Meyer 23 asks, any update on Hawkeye basketball recruiting for 2021? 
So kind of a combo questionnaire. You guys are asking similar things. Um, good thing to keep in mind here with this 21 class is it's not a big class. You know, you lose Luca Garza and Jordan Bohannon uh, off this Iowa you know, expected Iowa class, Iowa team this this coming season for 2021. So not a lot of work to be done here. Certainly, as we've talked about, if you find the right fit, you could potentially put one or both of the McCaffreys as walk-ons and use that scholarship. But certainly not something that's needed. And if you're just bringing a guy in um, who's not going to play, um, you know, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either because that person's probably not going to want to come if he's buried on the, you know, in the rotation. So, but anyway, keep that in mind that there are two scholarships available for 2021 in Luca Garza and Jordan Bohan. And I believe that's it. Am I missing anybody? I guess if Wieskamp went early, that would be another, if he comes out after his junior year, that would be another scholarship, but uh, that would be a third. So, I think if you're looking, you start with the in-state kid, Peyton Sanford, um, 6'6", uh, kind of a wing player out of Waukee, uh, has an Iowa offer. I think he's probably going to wait till the fall. At least that's his plan the last time I talked to him. Uh, he's kind of uh, – I think he's kind of the guy that people ex- are expecting to commit, uh, and Iowa's done a really good job recruiting him. So kind of see how that plays out. Uh, then the other three guys that I would keep an eye on, uh, Trey James just got offered within the last week. He's a big man, formerly committed to Wake Forest, 6'10", 220 out of Kentucky. Um, uh, I've done an interview with him, and you can find that on the Hawkeye Nation message board or, or the Hawkeye Nation website, excuse me. Um, I did a um, After he did a virtual visit with Iowa, I did a story on him. I haven't spoken with him since he's been offered, but I know he really was excited about the possibility of getting an Iowa offer. Um, and he might be the big man in this class that Iowa ends up bringing in uh, Andrew Morgan is another big guy who was offered recently out of Minnesota, 6'9", 230, uh, more of a power forward type. Uh, we'll have to see where things go with him. And then uh, James Graham, who's kind of a combo forward, if you will, 6'8", 210 out of Milwaukee. I uh, have a story on him on Hawkeye Nation as well. Um, he likes Iowa a lot, likes the coaches, um, has done virtual visits with them. Um, He's a guy that's probably out of all of these guys that I'm mentioning right here, the most highly regarded with the best offer list. Um, We'll have to see what happens here in terms of visits in the fall and whether he can get on campuses. But those are the four names that kind of pop into my head when I think about 2021 Iowa basketball recruiting. Obviously, it's fluid. Fran continues to hand out offers. If you go and look at offers that are out there, have been reported out there with more offers coming out, you kind of put you know, connect the dots and think, okay, some of these, some of these players that Iowa offered earlier in the process, things aren't progressing with them. So Fran is moving and staff are moving on with other guys that they're evaluating and like. So that's one thing with Fran. He's really good about keeping that moving and not getting stuck on a kid and putting in, he has had cases where he kind of puts his eggs in one basket. If he really, 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 really likes a kid, he'll stick with it till the end. But I've noticed recently he's more willing to just kind of keep going because there are a lot of players out there and a lot of them that, especially when you get out of like the top 25 in the country, uh, those evaluations and rankings after that uh, can be really subjective. And I think, uh, you know, Fran has a good idea of what he's looking for in a player and guys that can fit into his culture and in with the team that he has now uh, and guys that are going to fit in with, you know, a veteran ball club that Iowa is going to have for the next couple of years. All right, let's flip over. Hawks Gone Wild, thank you for that question. Justin Meyer, thank you for that question. Uh, Let's flip over now to uh, the Twitter questions. And I appreciate you guys using HN Mail. Uh, That's how I'm going to answer the questions today. Uh, If you used HN, the hashtag HN Mail, and I did not answer your question, it could be because I have you muted or blocked because you've been an a-hole to me. Uh, in the last month while covering the Iowa football story. And um, 
I don't apologize for that. You know, getting attacked on social media is not fun. I've, I've taken the bullets and I've taken, you know, the heat and that's fine. And I've been pissed off that people have, uh, jumped on, on my son in that regard. I think that's garbage and trash. And, uh, that's thankfully slowed down quite a bit. Um, cause he has somewhat of a presence as somebody who, uh, is involved, uh, you know, with a cause. So, but he's 15. And if you feel like that's fair game, cause you don't like me, uh, or some things that you consider, uh, political that I talk about, that's fine with me. Um, it, but if you're blocked or muted and I don't get to your question, that's not a me problem. That's a you problem. And I know that people will rub people the wrong way, but you know, whatever. Um, I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. Uh, and I appreciate the support that I've gotten out there from people and even people that disagree with me or don't like me. If you're, as long as you're, as long as you're respectful and ask me a question in a respectful way without name calling or just being nasty, I'll interact with you. That's not a problem. It's the people that just decide to, you know, tell me to suck a bag of, you know, male organs, um, you know, or just flat out mean, no time for you at all. But anyway, I'm not going to bog the podcast down with that. I will move on to more questions from the HN Mail hashtag on Twitter. Uh, Kyle Bolin asks, who are your predictions for offensive and defensive breakout players? I'm going to go with IKM and Julius Brents. IKM is Ivory Kelly Martin. That's an interesting choice, Kyle, because at least as it looks now, or at least based on what we saw last season, he's the third back uh, behind Tyler Goodson and uh, Mikai Sargent. Uh, So if he were to break out, that would be a great story. Um, And I wouldn't put it past him. We all remember that he was number one on the depth chart before injuries hit him uh, his freshman season. I think it was his freshman season or true sophomore season. I get the years mixed up, but earlier on in his career he and he's had to deal with injuries and i think that's held him back i've always liked him as a player um i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're putting a breakout player. Breakout player is always tough because is it somebody who's played or somebody who's not really played? Um I'm going to go with Mark Kallenberger. I really like what he kind of showed in the, not kind of, what he showed uh, in the Holiday Bowl and towards the end of last season when he moved inside. Always been really high on Mark. Um, It's taken him a little while to develop. uh, But I really think these last two seasons at Iowa, he's going to to blossom and and perhaps turn into a player uh, that has a career on Sundays. I, I think that highly of Mark as an athlete, uh, as a kid, um, and as a football player. And I really think he's a guy that's going to take a, a big step forward on this offensive line this year. You look at Alaric Jackson and Linderbaum being your anchors. Coy Cronk with that experience in Indiana can come in and, and either play that right tackle that, that Tristan Wirfs left vacated, maybe Kallenberger t- you know, shows up at right tackle and Kronk moves inside. Um, uh, and then you've got Kyler Schott, who's got experience, and Cole Banwart. Uh, there's really – I think this offensive line has potential to be really, really good. And I think a lot of that could depend on how good Mark Kallenberger can be, and I think he can be pretty good. So he's going to be my breakout player on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball – Ah, that's a good question. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Shoot. There's just, can I go with Dane Belton? I know he started about half the games last year, but he's really the guy that I think could take that next, you know, his time was spent at cash last year. And and I thought he solidified that position 
uh, where uh, during the first half of the season, Iowa struggled to identify somebody that could play there. Dane was dinged up in his true freshman season and really took to the Northwestern game before he got his feet under him. But I think he's a guy that could end up being at the strong safety spot, although I think Kevon Merriweather could also end up there. But I also think he could really take the next step at that cash spot and make Iowa's defense that much more versatile. Uh, so I'm going to go with Dane Belton on defense. Mark Kallenberger and Dane Belton. Thank you for that question, Kyle. I appreciate it. Let's go to Joe Williams. Who do you see as the top three, tar- three targets Iowa football has remaining on their board that they have a realistic shot at? Fidone seems to be out of the picture. I would agree with that, Joe, and I'm not sure, excuse me, how, how recently he's been in the picture. Uh, I think the Iowa coaches were hoping that they could maybe knock Nebraska out of that high standing with him, but I'm just not sure that Iowa's been able to do that. And seems like Iowa's kind of moved on with some other tight end offers in that class. So I'll start there. I'll start with uh, Gunnar Helm and Jack Nickel. Gunnar Helm is a tight end from Colorado who played high school ball with Alex Padilla, high school varsity ball with Alex Padilla for one season before Alex came here. Uh, And then Jack Nickel, a tight end out of Georgia. Both guys, really good film, good offer lists, talented kids, and both who have visited here unofficially during this dead period where they've just been able to come on campus and check out the surroundings. So really interesting that, and we saw this with, uh, with Joey Labus or Labus, Labus or Labus. I'm not sure I need to ask him how he pronounces that the quarterback that committed in 2021 um, and came here on an unofficial visit without being able to have face-to-face contact with the coaches or tour the facilities. It's more just checking out the town and the campus on your own with your family. You know, you got one guy coming from Colorado and one guy coming from Georgia to do that. That speaks uh, to, I think it speaks heavily to Iowa's tight end tradition and the, the ability to be in that offense and be featured in that offense. So I would say one of those guys, perhaps both of those guys, Joe, that Iowa looks at taking. Iowa's at 17 commitments right now. Probably five-ish more uh, seats left on the bus. That's just a guess at this point, and it's always a fluid situation. Um, Skyler Bell, the wide receiver out of Connecticut, who was a high school teammate with Deontay Vines, uh, who just got here last month as a member of the 2020 recruiting class is another guy that I would say is high on Iowa's board and somebody, uh, even though there's good receivers in this class, the three receivers they've taken so so far in Arlen Bruce, Keegan Johnson, and, and um, Brody Brecht, I think Iowa would gladly take that fourth receiver because some of the some of the guys in that position at that position now in the current roster are starting to get older. You're going to lose Brandon Smith and Amir Smith Marset off of this year's team next year. So I think I was looking to re- replenish that receiver position. They've done so with the three guys that they've secured so far. And then I, I think Skylar Bell would be really, really nice um, icing on the cake for that wide receiver class. And then similarly, really strong offensive line class so far. Uh, but Michael Mislinski, the center uh, out of Florida, out of the Tampa area, uh, I think is very high on Iowa's board and somebody that Iowa would love to, uh, to have in, in topping off this offensive line class. Again, Iowa has – you know, we talked about Kallenberger and Alaric Jackson and Tyler Linderbaum, uh, even Kyler Schott. These guys are all – Coy Cronk's got one more year, you know, of, of college ball left. Iowa needs to replenish the offensive line class too. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, that they go – that I'm not surprised that they're going hard after Michael Mislinski. So I, you asked for three names, Joe. I gave you four. How about that? Thank you for the question. Uh, I'm a Hawkeye at I'm a Hawkeye on Twitter as not even sure how to phrase the question, but I guess what will give you confidence that uh, here's this question that I referenced earlier to another question, not even sure how to phrase the question, but I guess what, what will give you confidence that the KC law firm investigation has really turned over every stone and was truly independent and results are transparent outside of Fort Iowa, quotation marks. 
yeah, I think this is twofold and you're hitting on this. I'm a Hawkeye uh, kind of what's in my head. I think as I, as I referenced earlier, as I spoke about earlier, you can't, you have to interview as many players telling their stories as possible. I don't know logistically how you do that, but these zoom Skype, the ability to, you know, virtually talk to people, see them face to face. I would think that, you know, a law firm of this size should be able to talk to as many players as possible. Now, as we've talked about before on this podcast and on the message boards and on Twitter, a lot of these stories are he said, he said. But if you're a good enough interviewer, investigator, you can at least interview these people and then go from there. You know, having your head, okay, this, this is this person's story. Are there any, you know, contradictions? What, what you know, what, what's the validity of this story? And that's a judgment call that's got to be made by this law firm. And then obviously they're also interviewing all the Iowa coaches and and support staff and people that are involved. Um, And then you can also, which I think is a really important part here is you can corroborate, corroborate stories. I know I'm not saying that word very well. Corroborate, corroborate. Am I saying that right? I'm sorry. I'm tired. Um, you know what I mean? Stories with fellow players, you know, what, what's your account of this? Were you there? Was this a, something that was done in, t- in front of the whole team? Uh, what, what can you match up? And that's, that's the charge of this law firm being able to get to the most reliable information it can get to. And um, so I think that's the first part of it. And then Iowa being, transparent what 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 is found out um you know if there are specific concerns and charges against specific coaches that needs to be out there you can't just say yeah we discovered that you know a couple of the coaches in the program weren't doing the job to the best of you know their capability why what were they doing what exactly was found out and what is the you know what are the repercussions of that behavior if in fact that there is poor behavior or, you know, unacceptable behavior or how you want to, however you want to classify it. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're all going to make our own judgments. I'm a Hawkeye when uh, I'm I'm not a Hawkeye. Uh, I am a Hawkeye at, I am a Hawkeye asked this question. Um, You know, it's, we're all going to have our own judgments and, opinions on on this report and the transparency from Iowa but uh, I think we'll all get an idea um, how thorough this investigation is and how transparent Iowa is once it comes back thank you much for the question Uh, big uh, at big underscore m hawk asked once again how are you Rob parenthetical reference stay cool the heat today is thumbs down i would agree the heat in the last two weeks has been thumbs down i've uh, tried to exercise and keep my exercise up this summer um, at the advice of my doctor who was not pleased with my uh my quarantine physique um so exercising trying to walk every day outside um, to balance the beer that I consume on a nightly basis during this quarantine uh, has been a challenge in this heat, but I am doing well. Uh, family's doing well, and I appreciate you asking. Uh, Dan Brockett, and I looked at this earlier, Dan, uh, and it's at Freakademic on Twitter. Uh, I'll do my best to answer this. This is, you sent quite a few tweets, and I know you're, it's hard on Twitter to kind of make your point uh, in whatever it is, however many characters they let you use. But uh, I'll try to follow this along as best as possible, and hopefully it makes sense to the listeners as well. And Dan asks, can we acknowledge a few things, question mark? Number one, you don't need to be perfect for us to believe your story of mistreatment. I would agree with that. None of us are perfect. I don't know a lot of perfect people. And as I've said before, everybody, not only will everybody have their own take 
on what this report, excuse me, independent investigation report brings back and Iowa's transparency, everybody has had an opinion on the credibility of each of the individuals who's told their story, whether they want to admit it or not, whether they've reacted to it or not. It's just human nature. So yes, I would agree with that, that you do not have to be perfect to have your story of mistreatment be believed. Um, so number two, some of, uh, some of these players are almost certainly pursuing a financial set settlement. Yes, we've talked about the Robert T. Green group. Again, he is not an attorney, but I believe he did say uh, on the Quad City uh, uh, QC Hassel's radio show in uh, the Quad Cities that the, the group has retained counsel. So that possibility is cer certainly there. I wouldn't, and I don't know what the, you know, what the likelihood of them winning something like that, a class action suit. No idea. I'm not very, I am not very um, versed in law. Uh, that is not my area of expertise. I just try to stay away from the law. Uh, and number three, they may also be telling the truth, certainly, or they may be spinning it. That's number four from Dan. That certainly could be the case. Number five, we don't, can't know how much to believe. Would agree. Number six, it is okay to pursue a financial settlement. I would agree. And the courts will decide whether or not it's legitimate. Not for us to decide. Number seven, we should not assume that other, especially white players in the program, know which parts are exaggerated, but they may if they witness specific situations, certainly the case. And I don't know if this is a re reference to the walk on white, uh, the uh, washed up walk-ons um, podcast, which I've gotten some heat for not um, retweeting the recent podcast, which probably uh, is what you're re referencing, Dan. Um, yeah, it's certainly. And that's what I talked about a few minutes ago with the investigation. There are ways to corroborate certain stories if there are players out there willing to speak up about what they saw or didn't see, you know, either confirming a story or squashing it and, and, um, you know, having, you know, evidence that it's not true. Uh, and, and as I said earlier, this is a lot of, he said, he said this, uh, much of this is, uh, without that. So not an easy job for this, uh, this Kansas city law firm, but I also would imagine they're, they're, <laughs> it's being paid handsomely to look into this. Um, so yeah, Dan, I, I'm with you, man. It's just, and that's kind of what I wrote about last week in my column, you know, my approach to this and my advice is to just listen to the stories and see what's out there, uh, as hard as it is at sometimes. Um, you know, the, the coaches are certainly, although not telling their stories publicly, I'm sure are telling them to this investigation team, um, probably people at, you know, Gary Barta and people in the university. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if the coaches, especially the coaches who are being uh, singled out in some of these allegations, my guess is they've probably retained counsel as well uh, for, 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 you know, potential lawsuits. So, um, yeah, I'm not dismissing people because they're represented by a, a, a guy that other people find not credible or not, you know, doing the group any favors uh, in Robert T. Green. I, I don't think that just completely cancels out the stories being told by players that he's representing or any, and, and it, you know, logistically, um, you just, we don't know. We can't know. And uh, in many cases, we may not know. I may never know. Um, but obviously, at the root of this, Iowa got rid of a longtime, well-respected strength coach because it acknowledged that there were problems and issues and change that needed to be made. And it's having an investigation because of the stories that have come out to this point. So even before the investigation, there's an acknowledgement that there things were not all peachy keen. That's an old term, eh? Um, we're not perfect as, as you would say, uh, in the Iowa football program and few things are perfect, but by some standards, this was 
way too far from being perfect. Um, phonetically incorrect at DBQ to Lou on Twitter asks, what's your gut feeling on whether we have football this fall? Also, what about winter sports? Could they be done without fans? Obviously wrestling, wrestling is a problem given the close contact and heavy breathing. <clears throat> Wrestling's interesting because the teams aren't overly, you know, the, com- the competitors aren't, it's not a lot of competitors and it is just one-on-one. So if you tested enough, you would think um, you might be able to pull that off, particularly without fans. And I'll kind of go in reverse order here. I think basketball also with smaller teams and smaller arenas, albeit inside, which promote, you know, which, which um, presents a, a more difficult challenge than football being outside. You could play basketball in arena, with what 15 players per team and coaches limited uh, support staff. Uh, You know, you don't need an announcer if there's nobody in the stands. Um, However you would want to do it. I think that's, I don't, I don't think it's far fetched to be able to pull off basketball season. And there's been talk that it'll be moved up a little bit into October for a start with the potential that maybe they need to shut it down for a little while in December if the pandemic gets bad and the second wave hits. So something to keep an eye on there. My feeling about football is they're doing everything they can to start this season on time. And most importantly, and I've said this before, they're doing everything they can to fill in and have a football season most resembling the norm as they can in this fiscal year, meaning July 1st of this month, 2020, through June 30th of 2021. And if you start now and then get told, nope, you can't do it, and then you try again and maybe the end of September, nope, can't do it, you can keep pushing forward and just keep trying to do it until hopefully you can do it in the spring or by whenever the last resort is, whenever you can logistically last the last time, the last section of the fiscal year that you could fit in the football season, you'll be able to do it. Football, men's basketball, the revenue sports, these power fives and most schools will do everything they can to fit in those sports before June 30th of 2021. And we're all just sitting here waiting to see how this plays out. And nobody really knows. I have my doubts whether they're going to get through a 12 game season and then bowl games uh, this fall. You know, I I would love to see it. I'm just not sure how realistic that is where we are now uh, on July 8th and and the the trends of this virus, which we're still in the first wave. Um, I just, I wouldn't bet on that to put it, you know, to, to frame it that way. If I was betting my own money, I would not bet on a full 12 game fall season. Thank you for the question. Phonetically incorrect. Uh, let's see here. CJ Ortman asks, do you see Logan Lee fitting in at defensive tackle or defensive end? Keep hearing defensive tackle, but he looks to have more of defensive end frame. And that's where he played in high school. Yeah, I agree with you, CJ. And I, I like that he has that versatility. And I've made this comparison before. He reminds me a little bit of Christian Ballard in that as Christian, you know, got, you know, got more advanced in his career and, you know, more skilled and, and and was tutored more. He was a guy that you could play inside or out. Colin Cole was the same, not this, not particularly the same body size as a Logan Lee. And we saw Davion Nixon last year move outside when they would flip AJ Epinesa to the inside to kind of create a little bit of uh uh, uncertainty with the, the the offensive line and kind of give the offensive line a different look. So I'm not so sure that you don't want to have guys that have that ability. And Chauncey Golston is a guy that's played inside and out at times during his career. So, well, just kind of not to cop out on answering your question, uh, but I think it, time will tell on this one. And I could see Logan Lee being a Parker Hesse type defensive end. And I also could see him being, you know, um, um, a Mitch King type defensive tackle, an athletic guy that kind of just, you know, can, can move off the ball or um, trying to think who else at that position, maybe a Jared Klaus, um, you know, 
Carl Davis, Jaleel Johnson, guys that could really move, but he's a little bit smaller than some of those guys, you know, just from a weight perspective. But I think getting athleticism at defensive tackle is a good move, and, and I would not be surprised at that if that's where he ultimately ends up. But I like the idea of having somebody that can be versatile and play both. Um, and I think Logan Lee is a very smart kid and a very athletic kid um, who might be able to pull that off a la, you know, Colin Cole and Christian Ballard. And I believe that might be it. Nope. DC Hawk checks in at DC underscore Hawk six. How many allegations do you, do you that have been, all right, that, that doesn't make sense completely how it's worded, but I think you're asking how many allegations have been brought against Brian Ferentz. I have not counted. I would say with, uh, with relative confidence that Beyond Chris Doyle, he's been the assistant coach named most often uh, specifically by players who are alleging mistreatment, whether it be racism, bullying, uh, whatever, however you want to frame it, um, against the Iowa coaching staff. D.C., uh, Brian Ferentz is certainly second. I may go back and try to – Try to go through some of these claims and see more just who's, who was named specifically because there were quite a few allegations that were just overarching general Iowa needs change in the football culture, particularly from an equity as it pertains to black players compared to white players. There were just some generalizations there, and that seemed to be the constant theme. But then beyond that, there are specific allegations against coaches. So... I don't know DC Hawks specifically the number, but I can tell you that, you know, I'm pretty confident in saying that Brian Ferentz is the most named assistant coach in these allegations after Chris Doyle. Looks like Dan Brockett checked back in. Uh, also, Dan Brockett at Freakademic. Also, when we're talking about whether universities will have in-person classes and the implications of that for sports, the ICE has stated that international students attending university that go online can remain in the U.S. This has budget implications. I'm not sure Dan has a question here. I think he's just making a statement. But I would agree with your statement, Dan, I think. Um, and I saw today that I believe it was Harvard and MIT uh, filed a lawsuit against ICE to block this move. Um, and, the, and the move, for those that don't know, is not allow or sending home foreign students whose universities and colleges have gone completely online this fall. And that falls in line with the push from the government to make sure there are in-person classes for both colleges and for uh, high schools and, and other students, you know, secondary education. Uh, elementary schools, what have you. Uh, there's a push from the government to have in-person classes. And I think this was maybe uh, a pushback from the government on if schools do decide to go to only online classes, a way to uh, force the, the university's hands, if they decide to do that, is to take away their international students, which most of us uh, who know anything about this stuff knows how important international students are uh, to Amer to U United States universities and colleges. So I can't see that one holding, Dan, but we'll just kind of have to see what happens. And if you don't think this impacts Iowa, um, uh, it does. Uh, Tori Taylor, the um, punter from Australia, is dealing with trying to get over here and getting – uh, clearance to get over here right now and he would fall under this should Iowa uh, go to all online classes Iowa is not doing that yet but if Iowa were to do that um, you know there's a there's a possibility that uh, he would be sent home and then the same with Josh Josh Gundale for the basketball team who's from London uh, and he actually tweeted out concern about this uh, on Tuesday uh, July the 7th when he first heard about it whether or not he would be sent back should this ruling hold so uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on and certainly something that could impact Iowa athletics depending on where we go from here but where we're going from here right now 
is to end this podcast because I am out of questions. I appreciate the questions from you guys as always. Glad to keep this podcast going, get positive feedback for it. And uh, enjoy the questions, and I enjoy you guys reaching out and asking them. So uh, we can have this little exchange and this little interaction weekly. Um, I'll see how kind of things go in the next week, whether or not I'll have this podcast next week, which would be July the 15th, or uh, which is now tax day. Don't forget to file your taxes if you have not done so public service announcement. Um, but if I don't do it that on the 15th, I'll do one on the 22nd. So with that, I will say thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your questions. Please visit HawkeyeNation.com for your Hawkeye sports coverage. And there's a lot of great coverage out there all over covering Hawkeye sports. And I would appreciate it during these uh, tough times if you would uh, hit up as much as possible because my colleagues need the support as well. For, uh, for the folks that asked the questions, um, and for Hawkeye Nation, this is Rob House signing off. You've been listening to the Hawkeye Nation Mailbag Podcast. <laughs>